ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 164th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of BEM Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was, as I discussed last week, Boston College upsetting USC uh, here in Chestnut Hill, 20 minutes from where I'm speaking at this moment, and I went to the game, as I said uh, on last Friday's show, and uh, don't often get to say this, but I called it. Uh, I thought that BC had a reasonable chance, as I said uh, on the show many times before, BC, their program is their programs are what their programs are in football and basketball, but once every three to five years, they rise up and just shock the nation, and I was feeling that was a strong possibility last Saturday night, and boy, that's indeed what happened. Um, it was the Red Bandana game honoring Wells Crowther, a former lacrosse player for BC, so it was super high energy. The, uh, you know, entire evening, a lot of the students wearing red bandanas and BC players and coaches wearing all types of uh, clothing and uniforms commemorating Wells Crowther, who saved about a dozen lives on 9-11 in the New York World Trade Center, where he was an equity trader. And uh, just a special night up here in Boston, Saturday night, national TV, and again, ultra high energy, weather could have been a little better, certainly uh, in the hour or two leading up to the game, but it, uh, the rain stopped for the game and uh, just a special night here in Boston. And then ESPN ran terrific post-game uh, locker room footage where Coach Steve Adazio presented the game ball to Wells Crowther's parents, followed by the entire BC team singing their uh, fight song for Boston. Priceless, priceless video. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend Googling it. It is, uh, I just saw it for the first time last evening on ESPN, and it was really uh, spectacular, to put it mildly. My low light of the week, also from last night, was the Tampa Bay Bucks literally embarrassing themselves uh, against the Atlanta Falcons on the second ever Thursday night TV game uh, on CBS. 
35 nothing at halftime, and it was just uh, a rout by any and all standards. And uh, final score again, 56-14. And I've always been a Bucks fan from... I used to live down in Florida, west coast of Florida, not all that far from Tampa. And they've always kind of been my NFC team. And, you know, I just thought uh, coming in this year with Lovey Smith that this was uh, a team on the way up. I'm not alone in that thinking. Some people were picking them to win the division. Same division as the Saints and the Falcons, things like that. Uh, but, boy, they just could not have... Uh, Gotten off to a worse start. They're 0-3. Last week's game, they lost at the end on the 10-second runoff because Mike Evans, formerly of a, the rookie receiver out of Texas A&M, got legitimately injured. And with eight seconds to go on the next, um, basically what was the final play of the game. But they would have been in field goal range and a chance to win it, beat the Rams. Uh, so just a horrible ending to that game from a Bucks point of view. And then last night was just a horrible night, period. Even Lovey Smith himself this morning or last night on the press conference used the word embarrassed. So, uh, yeah, it just, again, uh, a rout by, at a level you don't see all that often in the NFL. There's not a whole lot of 35 nothing games at halftime let alone when it happens to be the lone game national on, you know, CBS, the second ever broadcast. My bizarre story of the week was Jameis Winston's actions and apparently jumping up on a table in the student union, yelling some profanities. And this guy is just, uh, if it's not one thing, it's another with him. Mel Kuyper dropped him from, I think, third on his draft uh, list third overall pick down to 25 immediately and everybody in the NFL especially uh, in this current climate has to be wondering what uh, about this guy's decision making it's you know we all know he had the allegations against him also the crab legs incident at the grocery store now this and it's just, uh, again, seems to be one thing after another with this guy, and I find equally bizarre, quite frankly, the one-half suspension. And he's not going to play for the first half. He's suspended for what he did this week, but he will play the second half. I just, you know, it just strikes me as, as weak either, you know. I'd almost rather not see any suspension or a full game suspension, but you know, a half just seems so odd. Um, but you know, I guess it's not a first. We all remember that I believe Johnny Manziel was uh, sat out the first quarter of a game, I believe, after the autograph thing from a couple of years ago. So um, I, I just find it strange to be sitting out part of a game. But I think we all know why. My event of the week that I attended was the annual tradition at the TD Garden here in Boston where the Celtics and Bruins play. It's a top flight annual event that occurs every year and uh, where they basically induct some of New England's top athletes into the sports museum. That's who puts it on. Uh, Hall of Fame, 
So this year's honorees were Teddy Bruschi from the Patriots, Tim Wakefield from the Red Sox, Antoine Walker from the Celtics, Bodie Miller, the skier, Patrice Bergeron from the Bruins, Eddie Andelman, who basically invented sports talk radio up here in Boston, and Kayla Harrison, the Olympic champion from uh, for judo. So, fascinating, fascinating evening. And uh, Patrice Bergeron, number one, uh, was very impressive. He was the first inductee of the evening. And there was a kid up here hockey player and literally the next town over from where I live, uh, freshman, I believe, uh, paralyzed in a hockey uh, hockey accident, uh, playing for the high school team, I believe, and uh, so he's been in a wheelchair ever since, big story up here in Boston, and he and Patrice Bergeron have bonded, truly seem to have a great relationship, so that's who presented him, which was just wonderful. And uh, Antoine Walker was interesting, talking about his financial woes that are well documented. And he apparently has put together a documentary telling his own story and is also now speaking about uh, financial literacy for athletes. Teddy Bruschi talked about, uh, you know, his return to football after he had the stroke. He, stroke excuse me, he was presented by his wife, Heidi, which was great. And, uh, you know, as he so aptly put it, you know, there was no one he could talk to because it had never happened to anyone before, i.e. an NFL player getting a stroke. So how do you return from that? So that was, uh, you know, really interesting. Bodie Miller, New Hampshire native, uh, quite a personality, fun to listen to. Tim Wakefield uh, was great, and he was presented by Charlie Huff. Another famous knuckleballer who pitched well into his 40s. And uh, Kayla Harrison has a history uh, where she uh, was sexually abused by a coach as a, as a young, uh, young athlete. And so she's telling her story. And then Eddie Andelman started year, decades ago what was called the Sunday Night Sports Huddle. Literally the first of its genre in Boston. So he's a legend, and uh, he was presented by Chris Berman. So star-studded evening at the Boston Garden. It was wonderful, and I was honored to go, and uh, I've been many times before, have reported on this in past years here on this show. And uh, again, just really a, a special evening out, so thanks to uh, Rusty Sullivan, uh, the director of the Sports Museum, for having me in to... Uh, to cover it. And now as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm down here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, getting ready for the Florida Alabama football game. We play tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Well, I'm sure you must be excited about that, and we'll certainly get to that uh, in a few minutes. But I, w- I know that you drove down there from the Northeast, and it sounds like you had an interesting drive. Yes, John, I sure did. I've never been to Morgantown, West Virginia, and I always it was one of my bucket list things, and I've got to achieve that uh, on my way down. And, it's a nice city. There's quite a few hills. I didn't see much flatland, John, to be honest with you. It's, always, it's very scenic, and you wanted to stop every, you know, 50 yards and take a picture, some mountain or breathtaking view. It's beautiful country. As the listeners know, I covered the Mountaineers, both football and basketball, early in my career. So lived down there, and it's spectacularly beautiful, to say the least. And, uh... Can't think of a better time of year to drive through it than September either, and I'm glad. And, and the university itself, the town, it's all just really, uh, 
really cool, to say the least. Yeah, John, you know, I was driving around, and all of a sudden, I looked, kind of looked above me, and I saw this tram coming by <laughs> up in the sky just above me, and I, I didn't realize they had that system for transportation down there at the university. No, they didn't have it when I was there, that's for sure. So uh, I'm glad to see, and I'm not surprised that progress has been made. Did you drive by the football stadium? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I didn't get a chance to go there quite as much. I, I, my destination was the Coliseum where they played basketball, and I got to go in to see their Hall of Fame. Of course, Jerry West is number one in West Virginia, and Hot Rod Hunley and Rod Thorne. So that was a big thrill to uh See the, the logo, the, the NBA logo, Mr. Clutch, number 44, the great Jerry West. I had a chance to get the statue right out in front of the Coliseum, and, and it has a Hall of Fame section within the Coliseum itself with all those former great All-Americans in West Virginia. So yeah, I just really enjoyed myself. Oh, the Coliseum is a great place. I covered some tremendous games back in the day, and, uh, you know, it was the days of the Big East, and... Uh, Boy, you know, that place is a great place to see a basketball game. And, of course, as I said, I believe just last week I was covered the first ever game at uh, West Virginia Football Stadium. I basically, I think then it was just called Mountaineer Field, but now I believe it's called Milan Puskar Stadium. Uh for a large benefactor, and anyway, uh, obviously a great place to watch a football game as well. And uh, speaking of football, Florida, Alabama, that one gets the juices flowing, no doubt about it. Florida's off to a good start after a bad year last year under Will Muschamp. So, uh, you know, it's not what it once was, uh, although, you know, if Florida plays well tomorrow, that could it could restart that rivalry, which has been... Uh, terrific over the past years you know when i think of some of the tebow alabama games awesome john that's what makes a rivalry when both sides win some of those games so florida has been on the short end the last time they played and i know they're trying to regroup from last year had so many injuries it's really not a fair evaluation i believe of the coaching staff so uh, they'll have a chance to to show everyone on national television that they're back in the hunt for the SEC Eastern Division. Yeah, now correct me if I'm wrong. It seems to me, memory serves me correctly, that Alabama's current dynasty as we know it with A.J. McCarron and what have you, three out of four national championships, it basically started under Saban when they beat Florida and Tebow in the SEC Championship game in Atlanta in what was Tebow's last game. Am I accurate? In my memory on uh, that? Yes, yes. That, that happened in, um, that was the 2009 season, and the championship was played out in Pasadena in January of 2010. And, yeah, that was a, uh, quite a performance, defensive performance, 32-13. Uh, to 13. Alabama stopped Tebow cold, and the offense really rolled that day. And one of the main uh, reasons Alabama won the game was Rolando McLean. He shadowed Tebow when he tried to run, and Rolando, the big fella himself, six four five and 260 pounds, that he could take down Tebow by himself, which is it's rare. I mean, you could have the perfect defense, but Tim Tebow is one of those type of players. Even if you call the, the correct defense and everyone follows your assignments, you still have to bring him down to the ground. 
Exactly. Yes, Rolando McLean. I mean, and he was dominant in that uh, national championship game, if I remember correctly, as well. I mean, dominant. Yeah, he was a big physical player at linebacker. I mean, he's probably one of the biggest linebackers ever to play at Alabama. A combination of size and speed. I mean, uh, maybe cheap in the camps in, in that same size. You know, 260 pounds, can run, and run people down, matter of fact. So, yeah, he was a special athlete and the defensive uh, performer at Alabama. Absolutely. Uh, hasn't quite... Quite worked out for the, in the pros in the NFL yet so far for him. Some ups and some downs, to say the least. But it looks like, uh, you know, he may be starting to get on track, if I'm not mistaken. Is he with the Ravens now? He was with the Ravens, John, for a very short while. I'm not sure if he made it to uh, training camp, and, but he's now with the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Cowboys. That's right. And he started with the Raiders. Yeah. That's who drafted him, right? Right, started with the Raiders. He was a top ten selection, I believe. Maybe like number, maybe it was number ten. But he, he was high draft choice. Oh, absolutely, no question about it. Well, I I have to assume, and you're the expert, but I have to assume that you know, the energy level is probably probably pretty high for this game. After all, it is Florida, and that's big in Alabama. Oh yeah, it's the first uh, SEC game, conference game, and it's going to be beautiful weather and. You don't get a chance to see Florida and Tuscaloosa, uh, so that adds to the excitement. They're going to honor the 1964 team with Joe Namath and company. Wow. The DC champion, national championship team. So uh, it'll be an excellent day if you're a football fan, especially a college football fan, to be in Tuscaloosa national audience on CBS. And the, the, the saga of the Alabama quarterback situation continues. This will be the first uh, you know, a higher-level test. I mean, Blake Sims played that first game against West Virginia. Played very well. Now, this is a higher-level test as you get through the semester, right? The test gets a little bit harder. You're trying to build on the knowledge that you have and execute properly against a better opponent. And Florida certainly has talent. I mean, even though they had a difficult season last year, you get more, more healthy players are back and, and uh, you know, Especially the quarterback situation, they have a new offensive coordinator, Kurt Roper, and, and uh, Jeff Driscoll's playing much better under his tutelage. So Alabama's going to be challenged, and uh, Florida has a good defense, uh, no question about it. And, and another thing about Florida, John, they have a, a very good offensive line, pretty good running backs, and uh, yeah, it'd be a good test for Alabama, and uh, it'd be good for SEC. Absolutely. Um... Well, you know, you mentioned quarterback and, and Blake Sims. Uh, we, of course, have talked about Jacob Coker, and that as uh, leads us six degrees of separation immediately to the James Winston story. Uh, it's just, as I said at the top of the show, if it's not one thing, it's another with this guy, and here he is suspended for the first half against Clemson. At you know, Fortunately for them, it's in uh, Tallahassee, but... He is, uh, he just, you know, can't seem to keep himself out of trouble. Yeah, John, it's perplexing to say the least. And Perfect word. If I, if, and if I was a coach, I'd be, I don't know, I'd be maybe take up boxing or something. I have to punch something to get out my frustration of how many times do we have to have this discussion about Correct. him not being able to, uh, 
but him not being able to uh, function properly in, a, in an academic situation on a campus and behave himself, it, I can't understand why the, uh, the people around him can't convince him to uh, do the right thing. I know, you know. I mean, he, he, he can keep a low profile while still having a high profile, if you know what I mean. I mean, he's won the Heisman Trophy, undefeated, quarterback of the undefeated national championship at a flagship, you know, university football program. You know, he, it's not like he needs to go out and get attention in other ways. He's, he's got plenty. He's a, he's a household name, period. So th- that's part of the reason why I don't get some of this stuff. It's, it's just you, you yeah, use I mean, the perfect he, word, he's, perplexing. Yeah, he's, he's won the Heisman Trophy, John. He's had all the celebrity one could think of for a 20-year-old. And yep. I don't understand the need to... And I think a lot of the times it's that Johnny Manziel thing. We keep bringing up his name, but it's they want to uh, bring up that point that they're 20 years old and make mistakes. But, you know, there's thousands of young guys playing football at universities around the country, and they seem to behave themselves. I mean, it doesn't seem to be that much of an issue. And, I, and I'm not saying that they're all in a fishbowl like Jameis Winston or Johnny Manziel, but there have been superstar players through the years, and and gotten the name in the papers continuously, and I mean, after the you know second time, third, you, you you tend to think I don't I think this is this is the person. Oh, absolutely, this, it's the person, this no is question. The person. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason they're in a fishbowl is because they put them because they do things like this that you know creates and or magnifies the fishbowl. It's just that simple. I mean. Yeah. I, I, I so, could name 20, 20 top All-Americans right now, and I'm sure you could too, that you know are pretty well-known, and they're not in a fishbowl. They're just doing their thing. Yeah, no, it's a self-inflicted wound all the time. Bingo. Well, again, uh, well said. So, you know, all that aside, you know, the end result is, you know, I find the the half the suspension for the first half to be odd, and I remember Manziel was, uh, you know, suspended. I believe for one quarter for that autograph th- scandal a couple of December's ago, which you well remember since you were in New Haven, where where it all started. But uh, you know, as a football fan, I am absolutely tuning in just out of curiosity to the first half of that Clemson Florida State game. I mean, who wouldn't be right? Yeah, you want to see how this other fellow's going to perform and what's going to happen and is Florida State going to rally around him and you know, are they just going to fall apart or, or you don't know what's going to happen. What exactly. are the ramifications of him not playing that first half? And, uh, you know, people have disagreement about keeping him out of half. I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, nothing seems to work so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like, I didn't like the first quarter from Menzel's suspension. I don't like the half. Yeah. It's to me, I'd rather they either do nothing or they suspend him for a game. Yeah. You know, I, frankly, I think it's a half because they're playing Clemson. I think if they're playing, you know, yeah. Sisters of the Poor <laughs> University, it's it's a full yeah. game. And I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, John, I've always said, I've had a moment to analyze these type of situations that the player 
is hurting not only himself, but his team. So you're looking at, should you penalize the team as well? And I've always thought, maybe you, maybe you should play him, but he's got to do these other penalties off the field that do not have to be made public necessarily, but really put him in a difficult situation, you know, have him be at somewhere every morning at 6 o'clock in some specific task. And I don't mean just running up the stairs, you know, not that you can't do that as well, but do, have him doing something that's, uh, you know, helping other people, something where you yeah. understand there's more to life than just yourself and you can't be so self-absorbed. Community service almost type of deal. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. And ESPN did interview a couple of his teammates who, you know, it was pretty, some pretty good stuff. They, they, they were being pretty honest. Uh, you know, I, I thought if you read between the lines, you could see that they're, you know, in a bit of disbelief, as I'm sure yeah. everybody is, you know, that this, something like this could happen yet again. And uh, with with Jameis and uh, so yeah, but I thought you know they were about as frank as they could be, all things considered, as college students and fellow teammates. So again, it'll be interesting viewing. And uh, with that said, it's time for our break. Uh, lots more to talk about college football on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. 
And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we were talking uh, college football beforehand. Uh, we had, you, of course, are in Tuscaloosa. And we were talking about the Alabama-Florida game tomorrow. And sounds like you got an interesting matchup coming up. Yeah, John, you know, Amari Cooper's been very hot. He's leads the nation in receptions with 33. You know, he's a junior in Alabama. He's always been a fabulous player since he was a freshman. He had 1,000 yards. And uh, tomorrow, I think the folks that are really interested in watching the one-on-one matchup, the, maybe a key to the game, uh, Vernon Hargraves, the, the sophomore cornerback, is going to shadow Amari Cooper. Whoever Amari is, I think they're just going to move to that side and have him try to cook him one-on-one. So it'll be two great athletes, actually both from Florida, and that could be uh, determine the outcome of the game, really. That will be. That'll be great. Amari Cooper, is a, as I uh, heard earlier, was called by a radio host, Colin Cowherd on ESPN, the best player in the country. Heard that within the past hour or two so uh you know that plus what you're saying uh that's going to be fabulous the game within the game so that'll be fun to watch yeah Hargraves is about 5'11 John when he 192 he, and he leads the SEC and uh, has his batted away with five in a couple of games so in Cooper like I say leading the nation two fabulous athletes going at each other and it's going to come down to who wins that battle. Absolutely. And, you know, earlier at the beginning of last segment, we talked about the fact that you, of course, this week were in Morgantown, West Virginia. And tomorrow is uh, an interesting game. Uh, Oklahoma at West Virginia, speaking of Morgantown. That should be a good game. That should be a great game, you know, uh, First and foremost, the Mountaineers are capable of beating anybody in Morgantown. It's just that simple, including Oklahoma tomorrow. Yeah, their, their crowds are very exuberant, and they have rabid fans, as you know. And the quarterback of West Virginia, he's been, hot, he's been really hot. Had an excellent game last week. Uh, he was 500, with a 511 yards or something of that nature. So he's coming on and playing uh, good football. And then, of course, Oklahoma's right up there in the rankings. Going on the road, big 12 matchup. So, yeah, I, I definitely say that's a must-see event for the college football people uh, in Oklahoma. You know, you want to see if they're, that team's for real on the road. Oh, absolutely. Well, the West Virginia quarterback, of course, is Clint Trickett. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's getting a lot of pub. You know, he's... He's a well-known guy, handsome guy. He started the season, of course, against West Alabama. So, you know, he's already got a pretty high profile going, and he could certainly enhance that with a big game tomorrow against the Sooners. Yeah, I mean, in West Virginia, you know, they're, they're like Florida trying to recover from a, a, a losing season last year, 4-8. and eight. So this could catapult them for the rest of the year if you win a game like that against Oklahoma. Um, oh, absolutely. It, it, you know, both similar styles of offense. They're throwing it around like pebbles on a beach. You know, they just one after another. Exactly, exactly. Another game that intrigues me 
is Miami at Nebraska. I, uh, you know, was here listening to Eric Crouch yesterday on the radio talking about uh, just, you know, the Husker program under Bo Pelini and switching to the Big Ten. And, you know, Nebraska's 3-0. and uh, What Crouch said really intrigued me because he's right. Is just, uh, you know, they need a big win to, like, catapult themselves back into you know, the national conversation, shall we say. They're obviously a legendary program, the Cornhuskers, needless to say. And, you know, prime time tomorrow night, I believe. And, uh, you know, there'll be whatever the, you know, the 500th or so straight sellout at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, <laughs> whatever the, the number is, infinity, yeah, I, think I guess. It becomes the second biggest city in yep. the state every time they get together. Exactly. Um and I'm not going to say that Miami is, you know, what Miami once was, speaking of legendary programs. But, you know, it's just a high-profile game and one that, you know, uh, I think Nebraska really needs to win this uh, to just, again, you know, number one, before and oh, and just be back into kind of, you know, the national, you know, the national conversation and maybe, you know, use a, a win like that against a good Miami team, not great, good that could, you know, maybe get them into, you know, the Big Ten championship game or, or whatever, just back in, you know, back to the big time where where the, they're, they're to me like, you know, Notre Dame and the Yankees, you know. College football is better off when Nebraska's good. Oh, yeah, they have this uh, great fans and they travel well. Hey, you like to see them in the mix and competing at the highest level. John, it's funny you mentioned that game. I just uh, was in the Bryant Museum this morning, and, and Howard Schnellenberger's there signing books. You're kidding. Wow. He, of course, of uh, the 1983 National Championship Miami team that pulled one of the greatest upsets in college history, and I believe the Orange Bowl when they beat the unbeatable <laughs> Nebraska team and Tom Osborne. So, yes, just to, you know, two tradition-laden teams – uh, so that should be a fun one. I always like watching games from Memorial Stadium. I mean, when you really step back and look at, you know, two of the most legendary teams from the last 20 years, Miami and Nebraska, obviously right at the top. Uh, I think it's safe to say that those two were the dominant programs of the 1980s. And I'm also going to go out on a limb here, and I have no memory of Miami ever playing at Nebraska in in uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. So, uh, so that should be big time as well. Yeah, that, that that'll be a big time game, John. I'm not sure if you heard me uh, a few moments ago, but I I going to see Howard Schnellenberger this morning. Yes, Brian Yes, uh, I know we lost you for a moment there, but yeah, Howard Schnellenberger, now, you, you know, he, he obviously launched, you know, the Miami dynasty and was succeeded, as we all remember, by Jimmy Johnson. And, uh, but yeah, Howard Schnellenberger was, you know, the coach for the big comeback uh, in 1983. I mean, there's not a whole lot of games, you know, that I would, right off the bat, say with absolute certainty the year, but I think I can say the 1983 <laughs> Miami win over Nebraska in the Orange Bowl for the national championship is, is one that 
is pretty easy to remember, to say the least. That was legendary. Yeah, they, that Nebraska team was averaging 50 points a game. Maybe they were saying the greatest team of all time. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong here. He, uh, Tom Osborne went for the win on fourth down, correct? Or a two-point he conversion, sure one or the other. He, he went for the win on the last play of the game. He sure did. Went for that two-point conversion. He sure did. Yeah. Got to give him credit. I, I, I'll never, ever not like a coach who does that, period. I, I love when coaches do that. and I mean, he, he, he risked it all and lost. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was that type of person out of uh, strong intestinal fortitude. He can live with the results. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, you know, it, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, you know, another game that's kind of intriguing to me is uh, Mississippi State at LSU down in your SEC area. I mean, again, Mississippi State is, you know, one of those teams that, you know, not everybody really knows about them, but they're, you know, not a lot, not unlike what I said about BC last week and today, you know, that they'll, you know, they'll, they'll rise up every once in a while. And again, uh, poor shocker. And certainly, uh, you know, going into Death Valley affords them that opportunity if, if tomorrow night's the night when they're going to, uh, you know, uh, pull an upset. Yeah, John, everyone's been touting the Mississippi schools is, is rising near the top of that SEC West. This is their chance. You know, they have a big-time quarterback. How is he going to perform against LSU, a perennial uh, top team in that, in that Western division? So, you know, Mississippi State can, can talk the talk. Now can they walk the walk? And, and we'll see. I mean, they... They have plenty of talent, but I, I mean, I don't know if it's enough to put them over the top against LSU. Yeah, well, Mississippi State again. You, you know, clearly they're the second sister in in the state of Mississippi to Ole Miss, but they have always been on my radar screen for the simple reason that I used to, uh, growing up in Western Pennsylvania, go to a lot of pit games where Jackie Sherrill was the coach, and then lo and behold, you know. Jackie Sherrill went to Mississippi State, and, and I think that's not unlike, I mean, Jackie Sherrill, see what, see what you think of this analogy. Jackie Sherrill going to Mississippi State from Pitt at the time reminds me a lot of like when Steve Spurrier, you know, ended up going to South Carolina, and I realize he went to the Redskins in between, but th- those two moves have always struck me as sort of similar. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably right there, John. He went down there to uh, a team that's not noted for winning, winning championships, and you tried to elevate them and get them back into the bowls, which you did, and you, you pulled some upsets along the way, and you know he, he did some good things over there at Mississippi State. Yeah, but they, they've never quite gotten over the hump, if you know what I mean, into right. like the national picture. I think a lot of people to this day, you, you know, would mix up. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, not true real college football fans, but, you know, I myself have to, you know, always do a little bit of a double take, as you do for many schools, and just like, oh, now who are we talking about here? Mississippi State, as in Starkville, or Ole Miss, as in Archie and Eli, you know, and uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's always uh, interesting, but, you know, the SEC, uh, Always again, you know, just uh, 
the best conference again. Auburn proved it last night. I want to talk a little bit about that game, but for right now, why don't we take our break and we'll uh, talk a little Auburn, Kansas State from last night on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And still on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, as I said earlier, Florida State Clemson with Jameis not playing the first half. But speaking of high-profile games, there was a good one last night, Auburn at Kansas State. Uh, Auburn has another junior college star, Duke. Making that fabulous, those fabulous catches, including the one to steal the game. Um, and he's right out. Of, I guess he was the top player coming out of junior college in the country. And boy, that that was pretty impressive. John, ever since I saw that young fella play, I just really liked that big receiver out of junior college at Auburn. I just, I think he. It's funny you talk about Amari Cooper on one side of the state, and you have him on the other. Might be the two best receivers in the country. I don't. I don't know, but I, I'd, I'd line up and play against something with that duo. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Auburn keeps coming up with these players, and uh, you know, Nick Marshall uh, played great last night. And uh, yeah, you, you know, but the game, you know, really, Kansas State had their chances. I mean, I think everybody likes Kansas State because you know. 
Bill Snyder. Who doesn't like Bill Snyder, right? And, uh, you know, the, the opportunities were there to win at home. The crowd was great, by the way. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine was out there, and she told me there was a real raucous crowd. And Bill Snyder, his teams, if nothing else, they're always well coached. And he does a lot with his talent. Uh, has the three missed field goals. So it's very difficult to, to win against a, uh, a superior opponent if you can't make the chip shots in the field goal game. Yeah, plus the Kansas State receiver, you know, had a ball literally go right oh off God. his chest, right in the sternum, in the end zone, popped up. Auburn makes the interception and, you know, key to the whole game, obviously. I mean, the Kansas State quarterback was great. I mean, I mentioned Nick Marshall, who's terrific, but Jake Waters was also pretty impressive as well. Yeah, that was a very tough play for the Kansas State folks to watch that receiver. I mean, it's one thing to miss the pass, but then it pops up in the air and intercepts. Exactly. Right there, in, right there in the end zone. Just It's hard to recover from those moments. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I want to also just touch on UConn. I know you went to the UConn-Boise State game last Saturday at noontime. I watched a lot of that. Uh, how was it? Yeah, Connecticut, John, UConn, they continually have the turnover problem. I think it's the third straight game. The ball went to the other team on the first possession. So you're giving up seven points immediately, and you're an underdog. Yeah. I, I'm not sure you can overcome those situations. I'm, I'm not sure you have enough talent to just, well, we're giving the team a touchdown before we get started. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of UConn, I noticed where I believe their quarterback uh, has called it a career due to concussions, and maybe there was another injury or two that I was reading about. So uh, the, the gridiron gods are not smiling on UConn and Coach Bob Diaco's first, uh, first month as coach. No, no, and, and Chandler Whitmer, he had a terrific first half last week. He was, he was very accurate and threw some nice, made some nice throws. Then the second half, the production went down. He lost 50 or 60 yards and had an interception there. He ended up with two interceptions. It was that one fumble of a running back early on. And that, that second interception, really, the defensive back just ripped it out of the receiver's hands. But it, I, I just told somebody if uh, Coach Diaco, throughout the season, can get his team to have one turnover or zero the rest of the season. That'll be a major accomplishment for that program. Absolutely. And uh, again, sticking with UConn, was interested to see that they just uh, started, announced a home and home with Missouri, as in the Tigers, as in the SEC, as in last year's SEC championship game against Auburn. <laughs> uh, for we New Englanders, we get excited when high-profile teams like USC last Saturday night that I got to see, Boise State that you got to see, and Brigham Young as well at Connecticut. So hats off to whoever's doing that scheduling with, uh, you know, for the UConn football program. Uh, you know, we love when they bring these high-profile programs into, the, into New England, don't we? Yeah, I think Ward Manuel, the director of athletics at the University of Connecticut, has done a fantastic job with having a competitive schedule 
and not bringing in teams that are way beyond uh, the program at the time. You know, they'll be able to, be able to compete in those games, and, it, and they're, they're against uh, teams that have not been in the New England area. So, as you said, it'll excite, it, should, it should excite the fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of New England football, Patriots home opener on Sunday. Supposed to be 80 degrees here in uh, Foxborough and a couple towns over from from me, where I'm where I'm speaking from right now. It's by the way 50 degrees here now, so fall has arrived in New England, but not for long. And 80 degrees, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Sunday opener. The way you know, uh, I love that time on a beautiful September Sunday. So, going to be good to see the Patriots. Uh, in person, uh, and Tom Brady, you know, uh, it's at this point, I don't ever take a Tom Brady game for granted, period. No, no, John, I, I'd recommend anybody who has any thoughts or any notions to attend a Patriots game, you know, step forward because you don't know if this is the last year and you have a chance to see a, a legendary player and a certain first ballot Pro Football Hall of Fame member. Exactly. And it's, you know, the good thing is that when his career ends, we know that his resume will be ready, right? Oh, my goodness. He's, he's done something for that part of the country they'll never forget. Well, I know you've been traveling. You may not be aware. That was a bit of a joke. That uh, You may not be aware that yesterday Tom Brady posted his resume that he had, you know, from when he was in Michigan uh, oh, online. My, oh, my goodness. No, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't realize Yeah, and I know you're busy, you're traveling and all that, but, yeah, it's gotten a lot of airplay, and it was all about, you know, all the good things he, you know, did at Michigan from, you know, the, the focus. It was just, you know, pretty hilarious, really. The, and, and he posted under the banner, I, had the, I thought I would need this after the fifth round in 1999. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, but he That's talked funny. about you know he speaks to high school students, worked at a construction company, you know, worked at a country club up in Michigan, you know, in the summers. A, <laughs> a resume like we've all done, like every college graduate forever right. has done. It, right. it was classic, but it was oh. Tom. It was Tom Brady, right. and then well, you, you know, what was interesting was all the Michigan stuff was like at the bottom. Like, you know, um, MVP of the Orange Bowl, national championship, things like that. <laughs> oh, 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 John, the MVP of that Orange Bowl, that was against Alabama. He, he set a record. He broke up. Uh, it was Frank Broyles who held the record. He was quarterback at Georgia Tech, and Tom Brady threw for, I think it was, 396 yards. Exactly. Famous, obviously, his signature game. Yeah. And, yeah, so th- that's why I brought that up. He, he, oh, it's my been goodness, Tom Brady's resume, I'm sure. <laughs> Pretty cool. So, AP, as always, love your perspective. Thank you for taking the time to call. I know how busy you have been traveling down to Alabama, getting ready for the game tomorrow, Florida at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. But great perspective as always, and uh, thank you. Appreciate it. John, it's always my pleasure. I look forward to it anytime. All righty, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.